0: Jaya Radha <coughs> Madhava Kunja Vihadi Radha Madhava Kunja Vihadi Gopijana Balabha girivaradha Hari, Yasurana, Dana, Braja Janaran, Jana, Yasurana, Dana, Braja Janaran, Jana, Jamuna Tira, Vana Jamuna Tira, Vana Nandana, brother Janaran Jamuna Tida, Vana Jamuna It's Bhagavatam Canto 1 Chapter 6 Text 14 Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaivanarotamam Devim Sarasvatim Vyasam Tatojaya Mudirayat Nasta Prayeshu Bhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati uttama shloke bhaktir bhavati naishtiki. Before starting Shrimad Bhagavatam is so our very means of conquest. First offer respectful obeisances unto the personality of God in Narayan, unto Nara, Narayan Rishi, the supermost human being, unto Mother Saraswati, the goddess of learning, and to Srila Vyasadeva, the author. By regular intents and classes of Shrimad Bhagavatam, by rendering service unto the pure devotee, all that is troublesome to the heart is thus practically destroyed, and loving service unto the glorious Lord, whose praise with transcendental songs becomes established as an irrevocable fact. The whole line is one word. Parishranti Driyat Maham Tritparito Bhukshitaha Snatabhitvah nadhya Nadya Upashpristogo Parishran Maham Trithparito Bhubukshitaha Snatva Pitvahride Nadya Upaspristo Gatashramaha Maham Trithparito Bhubukshitaha Snatva Pitvahride Nadya Upaspristo word for word parishranta means being tired indriya means bodily atma mentality aham i tritparitaha being thirsty bubukshitaha and hungry shnatva taking a bath pitva and drinking water also Pride in the lake andadya of a river upashristhaha Being in contact with Gata got relief from Shrama, tiredness. This is Narada Muni speaking to Vyasadeva, telling about his, after his mother died, about his traveling. Thus, traveling through all these different forests, Last verse, he was traveling in deep, dark, dangerous, fearful forests, which were the play yards of snakes, owls, and jackals. He was just a young boy, around seven or eight. Thus traveling, I felt tired, both bodily and mentally. And I was both thirsty and hungry. So I took a bath in a river lake and also drank water. By contacting water, I got relief from my exhaustion. Thus traveling, I felt tired both bodily and mentally, and I was both thirsty and hungry. So I took a bath in a river lake and also drank water. By contacting water, I got relief from my exhaustion. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. A traveling mendicant can meet the needs of the body namely thirst and hunger, by the gifts of nature, without being a beggar at the doors of the householders. The mendicant, therefore, does not go to the house of a householder to beg, but to enlighten him spiritually. So... Because he was in a position kind of like a sannyasi, traveling, even though he was a young boy, uh, after having the association of the Bhaktivedantas, the pure devotees of the Lord for the four months of the rainy season, he was infused with their association and their instructions, and infused with following the culture of devotion that they practiced, He became their humble servant as a young boy and ate the remnants of their food and uh, imbibed so much loving devotion from them. So he's traveling by himself as a young boy, which is totally like shocking, right? Some little boy traveling by himself through the forest and everything. But because he's so dependent on Krishna and so absorbed in devotional service, uh, the Lord's providing for him. And here it's being described that a traveling mendicant doesn't need to beg from householders because nature supplies whatever he needs. So, but anyway, the, the verse talking about how tired he was, so he took a bath and drank water. So that's wonderful also that just by contacting water he got relieved. Uh, That's why it's recommended that we, especially if we're doing deity worship, that we bathe three times a day. uh, One or twice at least if we're not. That way we get relieved of fatigue. And if we drink water, if we're hungry, we'll also feel satisfied. I was listening to Srila Prabhupada on a walk and he, they were talking about He's talking about how easy it is to be Krishna conscious. So he started saying, Krishna says, Rasoham Apsakunteya. He says, I am the taste of water. But then Prabhupada said also, beside being the taste of water, Krishna is the sense of quenchment of the thirst also. That's also Krishna. So when we drink, we think, ah, this water is so nice. And then when it quenches our thirst, that is also coming from Krishna. That sense of quenching the thirst, of feeling that satisfaction. Prabhupada also said when he was in New York and there were so many homeless, alcoholic people on the streets, Prabhupada said, just see, if this, if this one, if the homeless guy who's the drunkard, if he thinks that when I drink this wine, that wine is the taste of Krishna, then he'll become purified and become Krishna conscious. So rasa means like liquid in that sense. Prabhupada was giving a very wonderful, merciful, broad definition of how even the drunkards drinking their wine can think of Krishna if they think that the taste of the liquor is Krishna. Um, so the traveling through nature like Narada was you get to see all the different natural manifestations I talked a little bit about that yesterday uh, and you get to see how Krishna is supplying everything it's not that Krishna is not supplying uh, but we artificially forget Krishna and the whole process of modern so-called civilization. And we think that our manufacturing process is supreme and that our materialistic way of going about everything is supreme, so there's no need of God. So that's why the mendicants provided, their, their necessities are provided by Krishna so they can come to the householders who have, for whatever the reasons are, possibly forgotten Krishna can remind them of Krishna and help them think of Krishna. Because we're all just working hard, trying to maintain our families and struggling, and there's so much suffering that we become consumed by the suffering of the material world. So Prabhupada came as the wandering mendicant on a boat a ship crossing the ocean. He had two heart attacks on the way over. And he came and started preaching, first at Mr. Mishra's yoga studio. I think he gave a couple presentations at some university near the YMCA when he was in Butler. And, of course, to the the wonderful family that had sponsored him, uh, the Agarwal's. Um uh, but then, when he finally got his own place, when he started doing Harinam in the park and got his own place in New York, then he was able to start having regular classes and reminding everybody that they are the eternal servant of the servant, of the servant of the Radha and Krishna. that uh, our real identity isn't just to struggle and work hard and try to maintain ourselves and try to avoid pain. In the material world, that's not our real identity. Our real identity is that we're the humble, eternal servant of the servant of the servant of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Radha and Krishna, who are the lord of the gopis and Vrindavan. There's a whole other world, the spiritual sky, Prophet said, Goloka Vrindavan, the Vaikuntha planets. There's a whole other world that we're not aware of where Krishna is living eternally on his planet with all of his devotees. And we're stuck on this earthly planet where birth, death, old age, and disease is called Martya Loka, the earth, the planet of death. So we're being forced to suffer here uh, without much relief, uh really. Right now, the COVID and the unemployment and that cold weather. We've been inflicting, being inflicted by so much misery. But we have the knowledge that here is Radha and Krishna and they don't live in the material realm. They live in the spiritual realm. But they decided to come here and incarnate themselves, to manifest themselves here in Dallas as Radha Kalachanji. So we would have an opportunity to offer them some service. And by trying to replicate the activities of Goloka Vrindavan and Vaikuntha uh, by worshipping them, by hearing Shrimad Bhagavatam, by associating with the devotees, by chanting Hare Krishna, and by living in a holy place or near a holy place, by replicating those activities, This place is an embassy of the spiritual world. So when we come here, the miseries of material existence no longer affect us. And we feel happy by doing our service to Krishna. When we're stuck in our homes and suffering due to the paranoia of thinking that we might catch some disease, then we just suffer It's all suffering, all this paranoia, this anxiety. Paranoia is anxiety that we're going to get something that's not proper, that we're going to get sick or die. But actually, that's going to happen to us anyway, whether we're in our homes or whether we're somewhere else. We're going to get sick. We're going to grow old. We're going to die. And this is just another feature of the disease uh, manifestation of the energy of the Lord. Disease is an energy of Krishna. It's not that it's not coming from Krishna. Everything is coming from Krishna. So, if we have faith that Krishna is uh, the person who's taking care of us and manifesting everything, then we can be less fearful. Abhaya. Krishna is lotus feet, provide shelter, and fearlessness from the anxieties of this material world. Punya Padam that uh that by taking shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord the uh ocean of material existence and all the miseries becomes reduced to the size of a puddle of water that's in the hoof print of a calf. So it's very small. It's easy to step over. Because otherwise, this material world is a dangerous place, is a place of suffering where there's danger at every step. So the process of devotional service is open for everybody, whether we take it or not, is our good fortune if we can, our misfortune if we can't, uh, but the process Krishna is bringing, Lord Chaitanya brought, Golokera Premadana Nama Sankirtana. The holy name of the Lord comes from Goloka Vrindavan. And it can, like the Bible says, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as is in heaven. The holy names of Krishna has the power to purify everything. Cheto uh, Dpan marginum, devagni can extinguish the Maha devagni, the giant, unlimited fire of the material existence. Bhava Mahagni Nivapanre Chanrika. It manifests its auspiciousness like the beautiful white lotus, and it spreads its rays like the beautiful full moon. Sarva must stop, and it's the best bath we can take is to bathe ourselves in the holy names, the vibration, which is Krishna Himself, uh, Param Vijayate Krishna Sankirtan. There's nothing better than Nam Nam Akari Sarva Shakti. Uh, the Lord has placed His unlimited energies in the holy names. And they are not even hard and fast rules for chanting these names. But we're so unfortunate that we don't have an attraction. We have an attraction for so much other activity here in the material world. That's why we have to force ourselves to try to follow the process. And we may fall down and, and stop practicing it. But somehow or other... By the Lord's mercy and by the association of devotees, hopefully we can pick ourselves back up and keep practicing. Or if we haven't fallen down, continue on with the process of purification. And uh, feel the happiness and inspiration of uh, being in the presence of their lordships in our homes or in the temple. Because we can do all these things in our home also. We can chant Hare Krishna, we can worship the deity. It's It becomes our own little holy place. We can hear Bhagavatam there, chant Hare Krishna and have devotees over. So it's not necessary to if we can't come to the temple because of whatever the reason. But we can do it at home or do it here. We encourage the neighborhood to... Uh, now that morning programs open back up, Radhika are now giving their darshan. And... Uh, They're sweet, sweet darshan. Madhura, 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 madhura. They're so sweet. Krishna's beautiful lotus face is so sweet. Uh, There's no comparison to his beautiful, sweet lotus face and his lotus feet. Anyway, so Narada Muni and Prabhupada and all the great acharyas, Uh, have traveled to benedict uh, the fallen souls of this world. And therefore, like now we have this Hare Krishna movement. We distributed nearly a billion of Prabhupada's books. And we have hundreds and hundreds of places where people are worshiping Krishna. So we need to make our own homes a place to worship Krishna and have programs at our homes. And come to the temple and see Radhakalachenji and uh, now that the temple's open we can start doing more and more service for Radhakalachenji. As Srila Prabhupada has gifted us with Radhakalachanji. Sometimes we fall in Maya. We forget how beautiful they are and how wonderful they are and how Beautiful, the morning program is. I'm guilty of that myself. Uh, anyway, we wanted to recite a little Bhagawat because that's our process. Nandini? Nandini asks a wonderful question that not a blade of grass moves without the will of the Lord. So what is my take on the COVID like I said, all these things are energies of the Lord. Disease, all, everything is a manifestation of Krishna's energy. When you read the different chapters of Bhagavad Gita where Krishna says, I am this, I am this, I am this, I am this. And he tells Arjuna, I'm just giving you the prominent things, but everything's Krishna's energy. So because the mature world's created as a prison, Durga, there's certain inflictions, uh, the, the, uh, the miseries of the atma, atma, that means the, the mind and the body, our emotions, our reactions to everything, how we, you know, how we take everything, how it makes us suffer like that, and then our physical things, especially when we get old, we get, realize more and more of that, <laughs> when the machine starts to wear out, <clears throat> then the adi divik is what we're talking about here. The misery is coming from nature. So, and even if it was a, a disease that was released by somebody, it's traveling through nature, uh, person to person, where people are contacting the disease. And there's been pandemics. Forever, I mean, for a long time, I don't know about. As far as we have certain history about certain ones in Europe and stuff like that. So there's been these things that have wiped out millions and millions of people throughout time. So it's not unheard of and it's not even unusual in a sense that it may take a while in our small time. Like the last big one that was here was like 1912 or something. The Spanish flu or something like that where a lot of people died. And other ones... All around the world, there's different big diseases that are... In India, there's the swine flu that was wiping out millions of people. And then this came right after that, or during that. So, those are miseries caused by nature. So beyond that, you know what I mean? It's like, that's one take on it, is that it's one of the things that is... uh a manifestation of the miseries that come from nature. Like we had a little freeze here, which all around the country, up in the north, they just laugh. In the north, they laugh at us because we had a little cold weather for a few days. Because they're used to all that cold weather. But here we're not used to the cold weather, so we think it's a big tragedy that we had a couple of freezing days. And because we weren't prepared for it, our pipes are freezing and cars are freezing and this is freezing and that's freezing <clears throat> wow wow so many plants all my plants some of the Tulsi's, it got too cold um so i you know just general it's a misery that's it's happening but through the miseries, we have to continue to We have to realize that everything that happens to us, even the small things, are due to the reactions to our previous activities. That's the way we can become peaceful. Because unless we can take 100% responsibility for all the stuff that happens to us, we can't get out of the material world. We can't, we can't be self-realized mm-hmm. if we're blaming somebody else for our misery. Because it comes from, it comes from, uh, we just don't remember our past lives. So we think, wow, well, why me? Because mm-hmm. Krishna doesn't allow us to remember. Sometimes he allows people to remember, like little kids. There's a lot of kids that, when they're really young, they remember exactly who they were in their last life, and this happened to them, and that happened to them, and they remembered everybody from their village or town or whatever. And, you know, they remember, and everybody's like, wow, what's that all about, you know? (laughs) Of course, Krishna says, you know, one who takes birth, death is certain. Death is certain. One who's dead, birth is certain. Krishna tells us what's going on but because we don't remember we have a tendency to think why is it me? why god? why god? god's causing me to suffer so people become atheists because they think god's making them suffer for no reason. but so the idea is is that if we can accept that all the suffering is on our own because we are here in the material we've we've chosen to reject krishna you know, some some time ago, <laughs> yeah, we eternally forgetful of Krishna, eternally conditioned souls. So, you know, this is what we're going through is is something that goes on in Kali Yugas, I'm sure, all the time. This is part of the deal. We're just like getting shook up by it because, and then we're shook up by the politics. So in Kali Yuga, there's there's no more good leadership in the governments practically there's some you know there's some people who are good obviously but but we become subject to their lack of standards of of spirituality and their denial own, of god denial of god i don't know yeah they're 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 denying you know they deny they they're allowed stopping prayer in schools and mm-hmm allowing that people who are in the mode of ignorance, the atheists, because that ignore ignorance, even though everything, Krishna is manifesting everything through his potency, we, because we're in the modes of nature, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, because we're in the modes, we can't understand him. Naham prakasha sarvaśa yoga maya samavita mudho, Nabijanati. He, Mudha, Mudha. Mudha means an ass, means an ignorant person. So we're Mudhas. We're, we're, we're like, we're ass-like in the sense that we're covered by ignorance. And to say, oh, there's no God, that's, that's totally ignorance because Krishna's in every atom. Andantarastu, Chayantarastam. We see him in every atom. We don't just see Krishna here. Although we love to see Krishna here because he's in his all- attractive future as Radha and Krishna, Lakshmi, Narayan, Radha and Krishna. But we, see, we learn how to see Krishna everywhere in every atom and in, in the heart of every living being. But so that ignorance is a disqualification to seeing Krishna. It disqualifies us from under Everybody's like, "Where's God? He's everywhere. I don't see him. Well, guess what? We're in ignorance. That's why we can't see Him. God exists in pure goodness in the spiritual realm. So what makes us think that our animal-like existence, our consciousness, which is like animals, just eating, sleeping, mating and defending, you know, just drudging along, trying to eke out an existence in the material world, what, what what makes us think that that's going to qualify us to understand God we we're We're just ignorant, you know it's like ignorance is for anything, you know, like you can go into a building and you don't know the architecture, what it went through.' So all we see is the paint, you know, we don't know how the building was built, same with everything, you know, our bodies, how they work, this and that, even the doctors, they don't know everything.